edition, a very special edition, a little uh, podca- uh, Podman Extra here of the Podman. I'm Brad. I'm Brian. I'm Podman Ron. And I am Alex. And Alex is back. Yes, Alex is back. And uh, he uh, called everybody. He called the Podman back into the pod cave uh, because he was so darn excited <laughs> about Suicide Squad. Uh, now, what we so this is going to be all Suicide Squad. Um, after the two-hour extravaganza from last episode where we talked about Suicide Squad. So we figure we needed to add another hour to it. So our talking about Suicide Squad is longer than the movie now, thanks to you, Alex. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is our first rerun. It's kind of a rerun, yeah, pretty much. And it's sad because I didn't even listen to the episode where we talked about it. I know. That's the worst part. I know, I know Brian <laughs> loves the movie because he gave us his, his non uh, his non you know, talk. We can't but, get enough uh, listeners as it is, but when we don't even listen to it ourselves. <laughs> but I, I don't I don't know how anyone else feels towards the movie. So I'd like just a quick recap of, of what of what Brad and Podman Ron thought about. Are we only doing Suicide Squad? I think we're this only episode? doing Suicide Squad. This is it. Special All Suicide right. Squad edition. All right, go to the movies. <laughs> All right, so Suicide Squad out in theaters and at HBO Max, and uh, finally catching up with Alex on it. Uh, so, Alex, you said, what did everybody think about it? Uh, I don't remember. I think I gave it a three, a reluctant I think three. You did. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I gave it a four, and then I think I gave it a five. Oh wow! Yeah, so, and, and you, I guess you will have to go back and re-listen to the uh, podcast, Alex, to understand how the ratings work. Uh, because we did review the ratings, I'm still a little confused on them, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> hard. What's a basic setup for Irish? <laughs> right, this is the way I know. This is the way I look at it, Alex. You tell me if you agree. Okay. One, I wish I had never heard of this film. I wasted my time. There was nothing redeeming. Yeah. A two is I didn't necessarily enjoy the movie, but I could see something in the film that was at least interesting, right? Or I could appreciate that someone else might like it, even though it might not be my thing. Okay. A three is just just good. It's good. I like it's It's not, uh, you know, uh, I may watch it again. I may not. I enjoy myself. I don't regret spending the money on the movie ticket. A four is I'll probably buy this film. It was very good. I enjoy it. It may go into the rotation. And a five is uh, I will definitely watch this movie uh, Again, several times. Got it. Okay. I loved it. I agree with that. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> All <laughs> right. I'd say that's perfectly fine. <laughs> All right. Well, so, Alex, uh, so you heard what we got a three, four, and a five here. Uh, yeah. Who are you going to side with? Or are you going to go with a one or a two? Okay. okay. So I saw Suicide Squad last week. Uh, last Jeez, week. sit down. Jesus Christ, Sorry. man. Yeah, sit down I and move closer to the, the mic. 
I feel like I still, I'm watching the West Wing here. It's hard because yeah, I have my earpods with me. They're dead. So I, know, I know. I know. I know you don't know much about uh, uh, film and audio production here, Alex. But it helps when you're actually talking into the mic and not walking around and things like that. So that's, let's give that a shot. That would be clear. There you um, go. So I saw the Suicide Squad for the first time, and I wasn't quite sure how I felt. I, I went in purely over wanting to be entertained, and I knew I was, but I couldn't quite pin. There was some something I didn't like yeah. that I couldn't pin down, and then there was just a whole lot of feelings that I couldn't quite make clear. <laughs> wow, you are more. Co- you seem like you're more confused than Tim Drake. But please go on. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> but then, so on Tuesday, I had the opportunity to go see it again in theaters, and so I did. I took it. I wanted to, and I wanted this time to go into it. Not as just trying to be entertained, but trying to really analyze what I was watching from both James Gunn's perspective, okay. as a filmmaker, and everything like that. All right. And I and I finally made a, a, a consensus. Yeah. Uh, that I didn't expect. Everyone knows going into the trailers when we reviewed them. Yeah, you were not a fan. I didn't like it. No. I thought it looked dumb. I thought no. the jokes were terrible. I just didn't. I was not invested at all in a bunch of nobodies in this movie. Like it just didn't. It didn't mean anything to me. Yeah. After watching it twice, um, I was wrong. Uh oh! Wow. <laughs> I will. Hard to I admit. Will, I will take full blame in judging a book by its cover. Uh, the Suicide Squad is, in my opinion. And I'll get more into it. The, the suspense here, Alex. You're, you're killing uh, us here. The suicide. Do squad. we have a drum roll? The suicide uh, squad. No. All, I, all I've got is. Uh... <laughs> it's the only one we need to save. Yeah. Um, but the suicide squad might be the most uh, faithful interpretation of a comic book property ever put to film so far. Wow. Um, and it is a film I have. Deeply gone and loved. I think. Uh, I think. I think. Podman Ron just got abducted yeah. by aliens. But this, go, this is what happens. You can't even get through five minutes of talking about a movie before PMR just comes in with blaring wind or ordering. He either he either fell asleep or uh, yeah, there he is. What happened? Burma. Uh, <laughs> Alex is still trying to get through a review. He uh, so far he says this is the best comic book adaptation into film ever. Period. Yeah. And I I hate being absolute here. So I'll start off with what I don't like. Uh, in the second act, I finally pinned it down. It kind of gets a little slow. Uh, it basically what I decided on does a Harley Quinn tie-in comic in the middle of the movie, uh, which is still really fun and yeah. it's not bad by any means it's a little boring it's, it's a little boring yeah and it, but it does also give us probably one of the coolest action sequences in comic book history that hallway fight with harley and the spear is uh. amazing and well choreographed and beautifully shot and has such flavor and uh, pizzazz it's fucking great but i did find myself really bored during that part of the movie i don't care about the love thing whatever it's like whatever but to that point, that is the only thing I had a fault with. That was the only problem. And, and Brian, just real quick on that, Brian, I think you 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 had a thought on that. <laughs> I don't know if it was a thought, but it was sort of like, uh, yeah, the reason that that scene existed is because 
uh, 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 James Gunn was kind of like, yeah, 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 we'll throw Margot Robbie, uh, Margot Robbie a bone here and let her have this little scene, right? Yeah, I think it's the whole thing is it's like that's part of the whole bringing her character because they're not going to get Jared Leto back, right? She's not going to get to kill the Joker. So yeah. this was like her way of killing the Joker and excising those demons. And the guy even had kind of like that angular face like the Joker to an extent. So this was the uh, the uh, quasi she gets her revenge on Joker yeah. um, without actually killing the Joker. And Harley so. didn't have much of a much of a point in the movie otherwise. No, yeah. She, had, I mean, <laughs> she would have had little to nothing which is, to do. Which is kind of funny considering well, that she was the most popular that. person. And from the first, you know, she she had from the first Suicide Squad, she had her own movie. And then in here, it felt like she got sidelined big time. Uh, but I think I, that's, I, I think she well, she killed Starro at the end. She no, was, she, uh, but technically, no, she didn't. Brat catch her killed Starro at the end. Yeah, but she helped. Mm-hmm. She she, helped, she was the only other one that helped. She assisted. She assisted. Kind of just worked. But I think that's honestly to the movie's benefit. It, it it really does feel like it was a six issue miniseries uh, with one tie in comic that was a Harley special like that and that's amazing. Uh, I, I I can't say enough that in most blockbusters nowadays and Blackwood is a perfect example. Jungle Cruise is a perfect example. Fast Nine is a perfect example. There is no art or flavor or any sort of meaningful attempt to craft a scene in which there's meaning conveyed and the angles and the lighting and of the, just of the shot in general. Most of the time it's just bland, bland, like cut to a face after bland cut to a face. But here, because James Gunn's brilliant, he massively puts together a movie in which every shot is absolutely stunning. I'll send a picture of a, of a screen, of a screen grab of one I took that I think is just, one of the most stunning shots I've ever seen in any movie of King shark in the bus. I just sent it to our group chat. Um, and he's looking out the window and it conveys so much. There's no dialogue in it. It's just an, an introductory shot that just perfectly establishes what our character's theme is, what he cares about and what's his evolution in the story, how he grows. And it's fucking masterful. It's goddamn glorious. Wow. Every, and, and to say that's, not just about him, but that's about every fucking character. But from Ratcatcher to Bloodsport, every character has that moment of pure glory. And it's astounding. It perfectly... <laughs> I even went back and read John Ostrander's initial Suicide Squad run, and it perfectly encapsulates the theme of that book, which yeah. is that these people are meant to be expendable. But James Gunn then takes that and puts it on its proverbial axis and says, you know what? I'm going to also just show you how much they're not and how everybody has a redemption story. Everybody has the potential to be good. And it's about moving forward. It's about, it's about rats. And you know what? It goes even, it goes beyond that. It goes fucking beyond that. It goes beyond that. When you think about James Gunn's reputation as a director and the trials and tribulations he went through, through Twitter, like all this stuff you read, like he's gone through, he got fucking canceled and he said yeah i fucked up but you know what i'm just i'm a good person who's trying his best to make some bad mistakes i'm trying to move forward so he takes a group of nobodies and he makes a movie that perfectly encapsulates this theme that is beautifully stated by the, the flashback at the in the final action scene with rat catcher and rat catcher 2 
<laughs> where it's said that rats are the most expendable creatures in the world. Yeah. And but if they have meaning, so everything do we does. All. And it's uh, Alex. I think <sighs> you're just hoity toity for this podcast. I am. I am out I'm of breath. Like all the flashing lights. And I, it's it's just one of those things where it's like you can see the impact that a filmmaker has on the piece and the love and care he has for it because it means something to him. He's talking about redemption and it, it's, and he, meanwhile, this is his redemption. This is his story. This is his struggle as a filmmaker, okay. as, as just anything, as a writer. And it's wow. fucking beautiful. Well, uh, let, let, let us let you catch a breath here. Get, get a uh, drink of water here. Wow. I mean, that's uh you are, you read a lot into it. You read a lot more than I did. Uh, Podman Ron, you you just you just liked it because it was a fun action movie, right? It was fun action. It made me laugh at parts. Uh, it, it was a pretty decent story, and uh, yeah, I feel like I've missed out on something. You're gonna have to rewatch this some bitch. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I don't know why. I, I think I know what PMR has missed out on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I feel this and. I know it's not a perfect movie. All that does, some of the jokes, (laughs) and sometimes it's really not funny. But I think the fact that it's not perfect means it makes it even more perfect to me because that's what this movie's whole commentary is on. Wow. And this is a movie for the downtrodden. It is a movie to show that everyone has meaning. And I fucking love it. That must be why Brian loves it because I've always considered Brian very downtrodden. Brian, you were the one that gave this a five. Uh, Do you... Do you have such a boner for this movie as Alex apparently does? I think I got to back it back down to a four. I think I'm going to go back down to it. Everybody else shift downward. I'm giving it a two. Official. <laughs> Boom. Roasted. I think Alex wants to take it behind the bleachers and get it pregnant. <laughs> she is in love with this movie. Alex, let me ask you this because you and I agreed, and whereas the other two pod men were very, uh, you know, ignorantly disagreed. About Zack Snyder's Justice League, yeah. and and you and I have uh, said that hey, we love the music cues, we love the visuals, we love it. It's like a painting, it's like a still photograph. Some of the things yeah. he does. Uh, how does that? Now you you've kind of you haven't used those words, but you kind of say the same thing about James Gunn. Two very different movies, I would say, looks and feels and cinematography. I, I would say where Zack Snyder's all about flair. And he he does he does kind of the same thing. So, and Podman really, Ron loves flair, so you should it, love Zack Snyder. It, it, it's it's like it's kind guy. of the same thing I would say. I just think where Zack Snyder sometimes just makes a shot based off just it looks fucking dope. I think James Gunn really creates visuals that mean something for our characters and, and create and creates just an inner depth to them okay. that. That is the reason film is so popular in general because you can convey so much without saying a word. You can convey anything to just a five-second clip of something. You can understand a character, and James Gunn understands that, and he understands how to use an ensemble and make that ensemble each have such a unique visual style and give them each such beautiful shots that represent that visual style. I think James Gunn's better at character work, and I think that really goes into his filmmaking style. I mean, Guardians is a perfect example. You, you know this guy is good with an ensemble cast. You know he's great at developing and creating hearts of stories and these family dramas. Uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know why I have such a hard on for this movie. I don't, I don't know either. why. I don't either. I don't know why this movie, but... 
Really... I just I just feel like when you're when you think about a comic book movie and when you think about a movie that really just uses every character to its fullest and every character has meaning. I mean, no one gave a fuck about Rick Flagg and Suicide Squad in 2016. No one gave a flying fuck. And in this movie, he turns into one of the most likable, and you're actually hurt when he dies. Uh, spoiler alert. We didn't, yeah. we didn't talk about that. Oh, well. I'm just he, kidding. kidding. He gets fucking killed, and it fucking hurts. It hurts to see, because you love this guy, and you see the torment he goes through in this movie. Ratcatcher. A fucking C-level fucking villain that no one ever, no one knew. Hell, I didn't even know before this movie came out. Turns into my favorite character in the movie and perhaps has the greatest piece of comic book orchestration that has ever been fucking done. That ratism theme, I have it on fucking loop. It's banging. The, the, the what is? The ratism. That's what the song's called. That plays at the finale where the rats all crawl up sorrow. It's oh, a okay. banging piece of music. It's fucking stunning. And I've listened to it over and over. I don't know if I noticed that. Podman Ron, did you notice the musical cues with Ratcatcher toward the end there? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I know, I know what he's talking about. Okay. It's fucking great. I've heard music before. <laughs> <laughs> Me hear music. I mean, Podman Ron, you, Podman Ron has, you're going to have to... Really up it up. You can't give me this uh, King Shark answers here, like music. Long, long Funny movie. Funny. Right. Funny. You know, I, and I said it in the last podcast. I, I don't. Alex is going really deep this one, but I think I thought Alex said it best before that he felt like it was the closest thing to a independent Quentin Tarantino type movie with superheroes and i and i still think that's true looking back on the film that it did have that independent feel to it almost that trauma where james gunn comes from feel to it on a big budget and uh and yeah i liked it so that's that's as probably artsy as i'm gonna get all right uh, Brian, I, I want to uh, again while Alex takes a little break here. Brian, I want to get your thoughts on anything that uh, I'm assuming you agree with everything that uh, Alex said, although you don't have the vocabulary to express yourself the way Alex does. But you you agree with that, right? Everything so far? Uh, yeah, I agree with it. I think the uh, I think, and this maybe this was a little uh, uh, scandalous on, uh, when we recorded the other night. I feel like this as a whole is a stronger movie than either of the two Guardian movies. I, I love the two Guardians movies. So do I. So uh, I feel like uh, the <clears throat> the work in the film, building that large a cast, and even even in the the beach scenes where it's you you know you knew that it was going to whittle down quickly, but the, even the beach scene, like he like he managed to like make you care about Javelin, right? Who was on the screen for like less than you know five minutes or something like that. So, everything had a purpose. It was a really strong tr- script. I, th- I thought most of the jokes landed. Uh, I agree with the the some of the Harley stuff got a little. It did start to drag, and it was kind of like, well, what was the purpose? Why did they build up this this dictator just so she could kill him in the, at the end of the first act? But and then I realized that's it was the Joker thing, right? It was it, that was their their way of killing him. Um, I, I feel like. It's the best DC film since uh, The Dark Knight, uh, you know. So in 13 years, it's the best DC film they've made. You know, it, 
all both the Supermans, the Justice League, the uh, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. It's it's the best Shazam. It's the best film they've done since Dark Knight. Uh, so yeah, I really I really enjoy it. The the thing that I wanted to bring up to Alex because we kind of talked about it a little bit. I feel like this is an advantage that DC has that Marvel will never be able to to capitalize on. Uh, so DC can get they can make R-rated films. Like, they can make R-rated superhero films. And and the things that we've enjoyed most in the past, you know, uh, year have been Invincible, right? And The Boys, two seasons of The Boys, right? And so DC can actually entertain those type of properties where Marvel never can. And I feel like... I wish they would do more R-rated superhero films from DC. I mean, there's a lot of stuff they could do. Uh, there's a lot of back catalog they could do. I mean, a con- uh, an R-rated Constantine movie would be kick-ass, right? That sort of thing. Um, because uh, back when I was a kid, you had R-rated action movies, in the in the in the, and it kind of came back around in the 2000s where you had those R-rated action movies, and then they backed off again, and. It, here, the thing is, you've got kids that have grown up with Marvel that uh, if they're not going to always want to watch a Marvel-type film, it's going to lose some of the luster. But if you can age up the stories and make them R-rated superhero fil- films, and, and not, not make them R-rated for the sake of making them R-rated, but make them R-rated when the material dictates it and the, and the director dictates it, and, and the, you know... Uh, I think that's where you get into that whole, it's not going to hurt the box office because kids are still going to find a way to see it. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, so, and if anything, it's even cooler. It's more taboo to go see it. Cause it's like, I'm you know, 13 years old, but I'm seeing an R rated <laughs> film because it's, you know, it's in the DC universe. So I think if there's any lesson to be learned from all of this is that like DC should really like double down not double down and make an R-rated movie for the sake of an R-rated movie. Not 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 take a pro- take something that doesn't fit. But go look at their Vertigo catalog. Go look at their their uh, mature readers catalog or the stuff that was you know like in the in the eighties. You know you had so many properties that after uh, Dark Knight Returns was such a success, they kept kind of going back to that sort of stuff. Longbow Hunters. You know there's there's a lot of stuff in the DC catalog they could go to 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 flesh out uh, a universe and and. I don't know. That's uh, the authority. I mean, think about if they made an authority movie. Like, so uh, that, that's that's my. I hope that's the lesson that's learned by all this uh, for DC is that stop trying to clone Marvel. You've honestly, on a lot of in a lot of ways, have a better catalog of issues and story yeah. arcs yeah. that you can that you can that you can uh, still make and 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 not have to worry about selling the action figures or selling the you know. Uh, or getting you know thirteen year olds in to see the film, they'll find a way to watch the movie. It'll actually be uh, you know, well, probably even bigger. So, and while I agree with everything, I'll add to the point that DC's also willingness to give its creatives liberty over the project and give them full creative control is something Marvel well, will never do. And well, maybe now, but that's not always been the case. Maybe right, this that was movie, the problem because it was. Yeah, that maybe because it's James Gunn now, but I mean, they sure in the hell didn't do that. Zack Snyder or the guy who did the first Suicide Squad or anybody fucking else. Well, so and I, I, I was going to get to that. Um, that those movies 
both uh well Justice League wasn't but the original Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad are box office hits they made a shit ton of money and I think both made 800 million total and everybody hates them but go ahead and everyone hates them <laughs> now, I, I love both of them now the thing is when we look at this movie and a shame to say as much as I love it this movie has tanked it it well, it's probably will it's on not HBO make it. Max. I mean, yeah, but I don't a stupid idea on their part. But I don't think it is. No, the, the problem isn't with the. It sucks that this movie only made twenty six point five million, and there's a variety of reasons that this movie did that. But um, I think where are you going? I I think what sucks most is that I agree everything was with Ryan said. And that, I agree that, that does this, suck that you agree with Brian. I will. Yeah. I will but, agree with that. Uh, no, what sucks <laughs> is that I don't think we're going to get the Suicide Squad again. I don't think we're going to get a movie like this again with this much liberty and this much heart and this much non-studio interference. I don't think that's possible. This movie is officially <laughs> a dud. See, I just I disagree with that though. So. But they wouldn't have to make money. At the end of the day, yeah, this is a yes. But it, but the problem is in the in like the hybrid environment, people haven't said it's a dud. Hamada is like super happy with the film. Like they're in the James Gunn business. He said, right? They will yeah. have James Gunn back. So, but here's the thing: in in this environment, the I mean, the subscriber data is the important piece. And and coming out of the weekend, it was the the. Highest streamed uh, movie ever released on HBO Max, aside from Mortal Kombat. But Mortal Kombat had been out for like three months at that point. Right. So in in in, uh, in a weekend, it it uh, so at this point, I'm sure it's all it's the it's the highest streamed film on uh, HBO Max ever. And so you, and the 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 thing is, you know, the the premium of fifteen dollars a month. Uh, that's going to, I mean, they can, they can attribute a, a big chunk of that $15 a month for the month of August to Suicide Squad and the hybrid oh. release. Now, is it going to show up on, on box office mojo? No. Do I think that they, that they can see those analytics that it, that yes, this was a success. Yeah. Well, I also think talking about a movie that is, I think the second most expensive R rated movie at all time, clocking at a $185 million budget and a massive ad campaign. This it's, movie might not make its money back, but but there's there's a couple of different uh, um, caveats to that. Uh, the subscriber data, I'm sure, is gonna is going to ease some of that pain of the 26.5 million. One, two, we're now in the second weekend. Is it going to have the drop that uh, uh, Black Widow did? I got a feeling it may have legs that no, that other films this year have not had. Word right? of mouth may, may have benefited us. I also feel like there it's rife for an opportunity to go back and do the uh, Deadpool uh, before Christmas, where they could go in, tweak it a little bit, shave a little bit here, shave a little bit there, and re-release I it. I don't re-release. <laughs> I think you could, but uh, re-release it as PG thirteen, right? That's um, a lot of and, blood to CGI out. <laughs> Well, you could go in. You could say, "Okay." And James Gunn normally films alternate takes of everything, right? Like that's why people love him is because he lets people like, you know, kind of work with the material and, twi- and tweak the material. So 
there's probably alternate takes that can be made. There's also uh, there's probably some ways to to trim some of it where they could re-release this in theaters again for you know first quarter of next year and get another box office with and just say it's you know it's it's additional and additional footage is added and now it's PG thirteen so you can feel you know feel like you can take your kids to go see it. Uh, I and I think the the subscriber data piece is the most important part because I've got a feeling when we hit January of next year, HBO max is not going to be $15 a month anymore. I, don't I got a right. feeling, I got a feeling we're heading towards 20, 20 a month. Yeah. So if it's, especially with the discovery merger, right? So if it's $20 a month for HBO max, uh, and they can say, well, look, like we're going to continue to bring you these films that everybody loves like suicide squad. Uh, I think all, I think the subscriber data is the most important piece period. Um, and I'll liken it to this. Amazon bought Whole Foods about six years ago. And Amazon and grocery stores traditionally don't make money. Like they 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 have trouble turning a profit. Where where grocery stores make money is in the spiffs they get from the manufacturers. So if you sell enough Kellogg cereal, they'll give you a free product, right? And so they make their money on the free product and returning product, right? That's gone bad. So why would Amazon buy a grocery store? Because they want that data. They want that subscriber data because they can use it to market other products. Yeah. And so they didn't buy Kroger. They didn't buy Publix. They didn't buy, you know, uh, they bought Whole Foods, which is an affluent grocery store and an affluent marketplace because they can say, look, these cut, and now they can go and say, all right, we got these, these got, we've got these customer consumer habits uh, for people that shop this grocery store. Hey, you know, Mercedes, would you like to have access to these affluent customers? Right. And the first thing Amazon did when they bought Whole Foods was you went in and registered for Prime, and you went in and you linked it to your Prime for loyalty. Mm-hmm. So now they know you've got Amazon and. Whole Foods driving that, and they're making their money on selling the ad revenue and selling that consumer spending data to other corporations. It's that sort of mentality. It's not a one-for-one one example, but but the data is more important than than the quick hit of the box office in some cases. So I've got a feeling uh, this is going to be not. I mean, it's not. It's not going to set the world on fire, but I've got a feeling at Warner Brothers, they're they're pleased i don't think i don't think this is going to come back to bite anybody in the ass so and god i hope you're right (laughs) god i hope you're right because more than anything hbo max executives if you hear me um i'd love to see a rpa with duvernay and um uh tom king but i'd love to see a mr miracle movie uh please uh adapt it from the new run if you're hearing this um And if you need a writer, <clears throat> uh, you know who to call. Uh, wow. But please make that movie. Um, but yeah, I hope you're right. Because this movie's fucking good. I haven't given my score yet. I give it a fucking five and a fucking one. My God. All right. If you're, if you're of age, see it. Fucking see it. It's fucking amazing. I will have to watch it again because I uh, you know, the, I thought it was the fine. Thing, the other reason I like this, I think I like this movie a lot. And this is something. King Shark. Yeah, I like. By the way, Brian is right in everything he said, and 
that was a very educated statement, and I really like that. Thank you. <laughs> Before anyway, PMR gets into his, since we're doing a circle jerk here. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> lots of love for the it's pod man. It's your turn, anyway, PMR. If you uh, give her a tug, if you, uh, I like the fact that they use these different odd villains, and you know comic book looking characters i mean it looked like they just got lifted straight from the comic book and you know instead of trying to modernize them or you know they except just took, bloodsport bloodsport was a complete reason yeah but like polka dot man and well po- no bloodsport was from the movie i mean from the comic book no it wasn't the modern one sure a comic no. uh, costume wise no, he had a. At one point, he did have a helmet like that. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, just not when he debuted. <laughs> yeah, not when he debuted. So yeah, had the do rag. You know, they took King Shark and Polka Dot Man, and you know, and uh, Rat Catcher, and they just took off these off the wall characters and and threw some of them through comic accurate costumes. <laughs> I mean, didn't try to you know modernize them or anything. They just the caution to the wind and just made them up. And uh, I thought that, I like that. I like that a lot. And like James Gunn did with, and with Guardians of the Galaxy, made them some of my favorite comic book movie characters ever. <laughs> yeah. Alex, there's one, there's uh, something else I was going to mention. I mentioned on the podcast you didn't listen to. Uh, Warner Brothers also, it's a multimedia corporation, right? Yeah. So, uh, I think there's please, also... Please don't the, go into the, the video games because you know there's going to... That's, That's where I'm going. Oh no. oh, no. So, so Alex, you've also got just a Suicide Squad kills the Justice League, right? We got that coming out next year. So, you've also got that. They, they had a property that people had no interest in whatsoever after that first movie. Now everybody's stoked. And, like, you can, you can make the correlation when that, film, when that video game comes out. You know, hey, the 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 movie also helped push the video game because now now you care about these characters and you want to play them and you want to see them take down Superman. And so, like the most the highest grossing medium at the moment, like it's beats out. Oh, right yeah, yeah. That sounds like uh, something somebody said last week. Yeah, mm-hmm. just interesting. Yeah. Game of all time. Maybe he is listening to the podcast. Oh, I, I, or he's I, just I, rational. <laughs> Who, uh, who, who was rational? Don't. PMR, because he doesn't like video games. Wah. That's a big old wah for me. Anyway, I so... Rant about this movie. I really appreciate it. Uh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Alex. I'm glad that the, a little old superhero movie has brought such happiness to your heart and everything. Brad, I'm surprised you didn't like it more. Honestly. I thought it was fine. I don't... You know, I don't know that I recognize a James Gunn movie. Really? Yeah. I mean, again, ensemble cast, he juggles the characters, gives everybody a little spotlight and all that stuff. Fine. And, and, you know, I, I certainly won't take that away. And I'm not trying to say it was a bad movie. I, and I did try to rewatch it, but I found myself fast forwarding through most of it. I could not, I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> Loved uh, Ratcatcher and uh, Bloodsport, Bloodshots, whatever, um, relationship and, and all that kind of stuff. Again, a fine movie, but uh, there were, I said this on the last podcast, uh, it, 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 there were things from the first Suicide Squad that I liked better. What? 
I liked Whoa. a lot better. So yeah, it's like, yeah, if you mushed wow. them both together, I think you would have a better movie. Interesting. Yeah. I fucking hate that movie. So that <laughs> did you hate it because there was a uh, a marksman, a black marksman with a daughter who was kind of tricked into <laughs> becoming in the school. So uh, no, again, it's like I get it. Both those characters existed, but it's like. You couldn't have picked somebody other than Bloodsport to be the main guy? I mean, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Once once Will Smith was out. I do think Bloodsport's cooler than no again i like it it's just it, you know it's the kind of the same thing that i had a problem with with the uh with the dark knight that yeah. again i enjoy that movie but kind of odd that joker's standing in the middle of the street and batman's coming down on his bat wing or bat cycle and crashes and then joker ends by falling off of a rooftop it's like that you couldn't say you know what let's do something a little bit different with joker here you're right. Tell me I'm wrong on that one, Alex. I'm not. Okay. Yeah. So, but, yeah. But I will, I will say, I do like this movie more than The Dark Knight. I'll say that. Okay. Personally. It was probably more entertaining, I guess, in a lot of ways than The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight's a stunning movie. Yeah. And I, Keith Ledger's performance is still better than everyone's performance in this movie. But I don't know. For, 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 my, for, my, for my heart, I love a I love a good family drama, and this was this was the perfect little family drama for me. All right, I don't know, but I, for the with the first Suicide Squad, it the movie makes no fucking sense because like oh I agree Amanda Waller like there's like the whole thing like she was they didn't even know that she was in danger before the danger even happened like they were on a mission before she was a part of the mission and it makes no goddamn sense. I I completely agree, and and maybe that's a a product of studio interference and the IR cut and all that kind of crap. Uh, So I I agree that the first Suicide Squad, the movie didn't make any sense, but I like the way, even though, again, yes, it was shoehorned in, but I like the connection to the larger DC universe with Joker and Batman. I thought Harley Quinn was much better in that movie. Um, I liked that Boomerang didn't get killed in that movie, and he had more screen time. I would have loved to see more Boomerang in this. I could have done with Boomerang instead of Polka Dot Man. Or if they would have done something else with Polka Dot. I mean, I think we talked about this. He was probably, arguably, the most powerful of the heroes, but they never actually used him. Yeah. Or the villains, I guess I should say, not the heroes. He was a hero at the end. And I'm not as crazy about Pokemon Man as everyone else. Uh, I'm turning on Brian. You see what I'm doing? I'm getting, not, a, I'm uh, getting in his fucking head. And not, I'm turning. Uh, it's going to go I, down to a four. I bet you. Kill, killing, killing Boomerang. <laughs> I, I did. I was like, oh, that sucks. So that, did, that is like a. I, even though I really don't like Jack Courtney as an actor, that was a standout movie. Um, but no, I'm still going to give it five. Okay, I'll get you I'm there. Like, uh, I, just, I, I just loved it. Anything else to add, Podman Ron? Nope. nope. <laughs> Not a goddamn I, thing. I just wasted everyone's time for an hour just to tell everyone, yeah, this movie's fucking great. I like this movie. I fucking love it. It's so good. Everyone All right. Even, like, small children should see it. They, <laughs> they deserve it. This is a great reward. Wow. <laughs> you get to see Pete Davidson shot in the fucking head, like, five minutes in. Yeah, I thought we I thought we liked Pete Davidson. We do, but it's still entertaining. 
Well, speaking of entertaining, did you watch The Wrestler? <laughs> now, that's oh. a good movie. I fell asleep during it. Oh, I, thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. I also had a long day at work, but I did fall asleep. So I, I did right, why don't you uh, try to watch it and then give us your honest opinion? Yeah, oh, no. we're we're going to give every from now on the podcast. Uh, we're going to, the three of three podmen will give a opinion, and then a week later we'll revisit those opinions with the fourth. It's very very straddled uh, strategy here. Uh, yeah, but bad. It was it's a good one. It's a good one. The wrestler. <laughs> The wrestler. Uh, on that one, Brian and I agreed on that, and Podman Ron vehemently disagreed with I'll it. I'll let you watch it, Alex, and let me, you know. I'll, I'll have to but I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, you need to watch it when you're not at risk of. I mean, it's it's very subtle. It's like a very the movies, slow, it's a movie. subtle film, but like a, a, if you can. You can. Uh, it's I don't like know. watching rain. It's very subtle. So, it's like, you're, it's yeah. like watching rain like fall on your on your window. But good, don't we love rain? We do love rain. Rain <laughs> okay. is pretty. Right. Not on a wedding day. What? Not on a wedding day. That's that, ironic. That rain squad, rain mm-hmm. shot, the super squad is fucking beautiful. By the way, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I'll give Did you that. You. I didn't know there was a rain shot. Did you recognize the bar as the Claremont Lounge in Atlanta? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I did not recognize that. Wow. I did recognize. Um, yeah. I, 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 I wish, I wish y'all, everyone, everyone loved it like I did. Because I, I've spent a lot like it. We just I spent a lot of time just thinking about the fucking movie. Wow. Okay. It got in your head. I will give it another shot for you. You Alex. should. I will give it another shot, but I can't. There's something about me that, again, got nothing wrong with James Gunn, but I'm just like, nah, I think everybody just overflates his ego a little bit too much. A fine filmmaker. I don't think he's a great filmmaker, but and I have no uh, real reason to back that up. It's just my gut feeling. And I would have agreed, but for, I don't know why. I, and I really do think it, it's this, it's probably, I, I really went to researching after the first time I saw it, and I, I Found out James Gunn was like abused, like he had he had a very abusive childhood and things. My damn, we all. And, and <laughs> that was dark. <laughs> but I, and I think just going at it from this lens of of knowing the filmmaker, it's like he really just had an 185 million therapy session. Session, wow. like, like it really felt like that. Like he said, like this is the only movie he's ever liked directing. Like he loves writing a movie, he loves editing a movie. But he doesn't like directing movies. But this is the first movie he enjoyed every day on set, and I think it just goes to show how much it means to him. And I think I don't want to say my love's partly on that, but it it, it does it is enhanced by the fact that I I I see a filmmaker with such a unique style that I recognize really falling in love with the film that gives him such joy, yeah, and right. I can appreciate that. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Yeah, uh, Brian? I feel like the uh, the greatness in the direction is probably in the fact that he can he can get – it's not, you know, saying action and then cut and then, okay, did they read the script well? It's it's. I think the whole idea is it's the chemistry that he can bring to the screen and, and, and the way he can get the, the actors themselves to build chemistry amongst themselves that translates 
beyond the script. I think that's the I think that's the whole thing. Uh, what makes him a, a a a great director is is the chemistry that he can get between characters, and it's and it's not chemistry. It's not fake because it's chemistry between the actors. All those entourages, they all like love each other. They're all you know, uh, and, and it comes across the screen. I think that's it. Is 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 the 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 what he brings to the set to to bring those uh, those performances out. Yeah. So I don't I don't see him being able to direct The Godfather, right? <laughs> but but for for this, you know, these type of ensemble casts and that sort of thing, and this type of story, he's perfect. So it is. Yeah, I, I can completely agree. All right. Yeah. <laughs> the James Gunn love fest just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 so weird because not only besides Infinity War and Endgame, which I don't even count as like favorite Marvel movies, because it's like that's just that's that would be so much bias for me because I just they're perfect movies in my mind and I can't let anyone tell me different because <laughs> I'm stubborn. But uh-huh. if we count that out, he's directed not only my favorite DC movie, but my favorite um, Marvel movie with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. So I mean, yeah. And previously, I think the only DC movie that I really, truly loved deeply was Superman 78. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, like, so yeah. Quite a range there. All right. Well, hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad for you. I will give it another shot. Uh, Brian, sounds like you. Brian will give, you know, watch it again just to love it again. We'll give it a little bit more love from Brian. And Alex, loving. I'm sure you'll watch it. We'll have to, we need to do one of these uh, group watch things sometime yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and and make sure we, we're catching all the subtleties that uh, that uh, James Gunn br- brings here. Yeah, we did that once, did we not? We, we tried to we, watch a... We, we, Superman 3, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we tried to uh, riff tracks it. We and, tried to uh, riff track it. I think I we think all fell asleep at one we, point. Yep, we started at like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. And given this was well over, I would say, five years ago or whatever... But uh, it was before, it predated the podcast. Yeah, right? yeah, I exactly. Mean, we were just kind of practicing yeah, stuff. Seven or eight years ago. Yeah, I mean, we were all young men back then, and we still fell asleep <laughs> at eleven o'clock at night to Superman three. So, <laughs> I think Ugh. I think what sucks is that what in like two weeks we have uh, Shang Chi, and man, <laughs> I, I'm I'm I can already tell you this movie's probably gonna be a three, like. Because I'm coming off this, there's adrenaline. Uh, you got this high going, yeah. Meanwhile, Podman Ryan uh, loves Shang Chi. I'm just gonna, I, I'm, I'm really excited for that movie. I'm, I, I really liked what I've seen, but I, I feel like I'm gonna go in and go. Yeah, Brian was right. Brian was right after all. And it, and it sucks because I, I really am excited, and I hope he's proven wrong. Of course, like with any movie that I'm excited for, I hope I love it, but I'm going to just go and call right now, make a little estimate that I'm probably going to give this a three. I'm going to wow. just make a guess at my current level. I'm like, I can see this just me going in and saying, yeah, it was good. <laughs> Black Widow is still a fucking two though. And I don't give a fuck. I mean, the guy that they got playing Shang-Chi looks like, I mean, like from everything we've seen in the, in the trailers, he just seems like, you know, <laughs> Completely boring. Yeah, like, was- uh, and the fact that they had to add Aquafina to the film hmm. uh, to punch it up, and and uh, it probably isn't a good sign for me falling in love with Shang Chi. So, <laughs> wow, 
No, I can't believe hey, uh, no more love. Uh, Podman Ron, you were looking forward to Shang-Chi finally, right? <laughs> I, I, I am finally. It took like the third trailer, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm excited for Eternals. I don't really accept that movie. That movie could be really good. But that's probably going to take, a, take a, two more trailers for me to get excited about that because the first one didn't do much for me. Sean, well, Sean, I'm going to have trouble Sean, with the Eternals Sean, because I'm going to be sitting there the whole Sean, time thinking. That's... Sorry. <laughs> Sean. Sean. S H A N G. Sean. That's what I said. <sighs> <laughs> that kind of that kind of uh, great Aquafina dialogue with Shang Chi, I mean, he's t- undeniable. I think, right? No, no. Yeah, I got a feeling. The movie? We're we're they're going to be uh, trying to clone Rush Hour. Wait, was that from this film? Shang. That was from the movie. Shang. S H A N G. Shang. That's what I said. That's from the fucking movie. Uh, that was a trailer that was released today. Yeah, you got to check it out. A, a better view of the abomination. All the fanboys are excited. Oh, fuck. Then a little comedic bit there with Aquafina about how to pronounce Shang-Chi. Oh, God. Oh, Alex, I'm going to put that out this out there, too. Uh, like, when Eternals comes out, I, I, it's already behind the eight ball for me because I'm going to be sitting there thinking, well, the new gods is better. Yeah, this is like the new gods, but the new gods is better. The new gods is better. Man. And so if you've read, aside from... There's no new gods movie. Though. I know. Exactly. Uh, if you've read new gods outside of just the Mr. Miracle storyline, yeah. you know, the, the Maxi series, uh, you're gonna, you would probably feel the same. I do, so. I do feel the same <laughs> already. But seriously, yeah. HBO, make a fucking... Or D- DC, whoever, I don't give a fuck. Make a Mr. Miracle. Movie. Somebody make a Mr. Miracle, for God's sake. Well, let, me, let me run this past you, Alex, real quick, because uh, we talked about this on the last podcast, too. You know, they've announced uh, they've cast a Blue Beetle. Then yeah. um, it's Zolo, what's his last name? From uh, uh, Marriage Bueno. Yeah. Marriage Bueno. As uh, Jaime Reyes. Yep. So, me and Brad were talking about, you know, I don't need three Blue Beetle movies. I don't think anybody needs three Blue Beetle movies. movies. Once. <laughs> You know, he's only got the one bad guy. It's the Reach, right? So once he defeats the Reach, you know, that's it. But I would like to see, like, a uh, uh, a uh, a growth in the universe. And so if you have Blue Beetle first, and then you, at the end, you introduce Booster Gold, and then we get a Blue and Gold movie. Yeah. That'd be pretty sick. And then, cool. since they've already said that uh, James Gunn, you know, they, they've already got stuff that they're planning for James Gunn in D.C., what if we got a Justice League International film? He would kill that. Guy Gardner, yeah, Mister Miracle, and Barda cast too. Yeah, Batman, Martian Manhunter. Hell, you, you could Oberon. Just, you could put Batgirl as the Batman role in that book. Mm. There you go. Look at me. I'm already thinking. You're already yeah. thinking ahead and, and bringing that inclusion factor in on things. So that would be great. That. I'd love to see. I don't. I don't know. I Rocket know Red. A lot of talk about James Gunn doing a Superman movie, and I don't think that I don't think that's the right property for him. No, it needs to be an ensemble. And, and so think about yeah. look of the DC ensembles, right? He killed like, Justice League International. Justice League International. The the you know Keith Giff, Keith Giffen stuff that is right there. That is I, James Gunn one hundred and one. James Gunn with so. Martian Manhunter's Cookie Addiction. Man. Or just knocking out Guy Gardner. Just, yeah. just James Gunn directed, like, bringing Guy Gardner to the screen. Yeah, that's so. That's really good. It's crap. I never thought about that. 
Okay. Well, now you have something new to think about tonight instead yeah. of that fucking Suicide Squad movie. Hey, let me ask you something, guys. Uh, I know, Alex, you have, be- I mean, other things to be doing this weekend. Uh, but Podman Ryan and Brian, you guys are going to be on location. And uh, I'm hoping we can get some reports back from you for the next podcast. Tell us where you're going. Jordan Klepper segments. Yeah, we're going to BMR. Did you want to chime in? I was just going to say, we're going to make a con. We're going to hang out and, uh, you know, talk to some celebrities, rub elbows with uh, celebrities. Yeah, because uh, I, I know canceled. some new yeah, yeah. some new celebrities are in there. That some John Lovett's unfortunately, I think, canceled. But uh, you're going to find some other ones, right? Uh, yeah, everybody in the office is canceled except for um, Packer. Packer's still going. Packer. Uh, Yondu's supposed to be there from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Michael Rooker, Savant. Or Savant from Suicide Squad. From Suicide Squad. Uh, you've got um, Christopher Eccleston canceled today. Uh, <laughs> it's getting pretty thin. It's getting pretty thin. I mean, uh, Steve the- still going. All right. <laughs> I wonder why. Said, I wonder. Uh, you said Steve, you said uh, George Perez canceled too, didn't you? Yeah, George Perez canceled, but they added Jim Shooter, which that's a Legendary pretty good uh, trade off. Yeah, but that's not the same as George Perez. Uh, I wonder if half the pod men are going to. I mean, being there, is that going to? Are you guys going to have a table there? Are you going to be the most celebrities, uh, the biggest celebrities? I you told gotta... Brian we should uh, we should go ahead and just start signing stuff. You know. I mean... <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, set a table I mean, it next could to be Jim any worse than uh, John Lovitz. I mean, come on. Uh, Ray Fisher's going to be there. Cyborg, you know, he's going to be crying his, about his you know, crying about the whole cyborg thing. Again. Yeah, probably. Sure he will. Just listen to him. He just needs somebody to talk to. You've got uh, Dave Coulier, Bob Saget, and John Stamos uh, from from uh, Wait a minute, are you, House. Are you Brian, are you going yeah, to a nineties oh TV show convention? What is this? This uh, does not sound like a mega con to me. We've got William Shatner. Oh, and George doing? Takai. Oh, hey. Maybe they'll fight because they hate each other. We've got Ron Perlman. Okay. Robert Patrick. Uh, we've got uh, oh Giancarlo Esposito from The Mandalorian. Okay, right. I don't know who that is. The guy with the black lightsaber, Gideon Moff. Oh, okay, Moff Gideon. Or Moff the guy Gideon. from there you uh, go. Gus from uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Would you like for me to go through the list? Everybody that's canceled. <sighs> Because no, it's rough. That's good. That's only going to hurt. I want to hear about kind of what what kind of we report. Now, you guys, will, you'll have to pay big monies to actually get interviews with people. But maybe so. I I'm, I'm, I don't know if we're going to be expecting that. But can we at least get? Can you record some? Hey, this is Podman Run and Brian. We're on location yeah. at MegaCon, yeah. and kind of tell us what your experience. Can you do that? And uh, you know, get those files over for yeah, the well, podcast. We could get some clips in. Brian, yeah. Brian's really good about. Talking to people, though, I mean, you could probably get some interviews in for you. All you right, probably get some uh, interviews for uh, with some artists. Can you some, be uh, Can you writers. be a camera person for it, PMR? Yeah, I'll do that. I can do that. I can do that. We all know PMR is shy. Camera shy. Right. So, Dan Didio is going to be there, or Didio is going to be there. DC Comics. We can we can say, Dan, what the fuck happened? What were you thinking? What the fuck did you do? What the fuck happened, Dan? Well, you were on top of the world. Again, uh, 
uh, Alex, I'm sure you're aware of this, but uh, the the Podmen uh, Instagram account is blowing up, just like uh, storming the beach of uh, Carto Maligo or whatever the um, hell that was. Carto Maltese. Thank you. Um, so I'm I'm assuming we're going to have great pictures, maybe some cosplay pictures of people and things like that. I mean, what I'm trying to say is, listener, when you're listening to this. Uh, making sure you're checking out the Instagram as well, because Brian's going to be knocking the hell out of that. And speaking of listeners, Brian, do you want to give out a special shout-out to a listener, a special Podman yeah. listener? And for those that follow us on Instagram, know that uh, that our listener, Mark Spear, uh, had a birthday this week. So uh, congratulations, yeah, Mark. Yeah, happy birthday, Mark. Congratulations. Uh, has he shown any kind of interest in actually appearing on the podcast? I could probably get him on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't really want to be on. I mean, we had <laughs> one guest in the we past. We can call that episode "Local Nobody Wins Nothing." <laughs> local, local Nobody Wins. Well, let's try not to insult the listener. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had one guest in the past five years of doing the podcast. One hundred and fifty-five episodes. We've had one guest. But, but, but you, we can still get you know some of the old. From the uh, we can, we can yeah, get... Nita and Tim. I, I mean, personally, I'd love a PM, PMA. Todd I'll... and Adam. I'd love that. I'd love that. Well, there could be problems there. <laughs> I'd like to get a uh, just a, a, a sound bite of Tim going, I'll tell you what. Tell you and what. we could just play it from time oh, to time. Yeah, that would oh, be good. I, I did forget to tell you guys that a few weeks back, I saw Adam. What? Yeah. Wow. We may we may have to take this in the green room and do. Uh, yeah, we'll this may be going on to the Podman After Dark on uh, uh, yeah, Patreon. Still in the green room. Yeah, we'll Speaking have to go. Local nobody. <laughs> Was it the glint from his scope that gave him away? <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch. It's been very sunny out recently. That, that thing will reflect. <laughs> That's why you gotta wax the scope, Adam. Yeah, you gotta know. Cutting in the bushes isn't enough. All right, so I can't wait to hear this story. I can't believe I've been sitting listening to Alex cream over a fucking Suicide Squad for an hour, and you've been holding this story back. When we should we should have closed like fifty minutes ago. All right, so some might say that I lost my head. Well, there you go. Thank you. We'll we'll put that in the liner notes. All right, so basically. Uh, listener, you're going to have lots of stuff blowing up on Instagram. We're going to have clips. It's going to be a fantastic all MegaCon mega episode. We we have business cards. We have little business cards, uh, but no business. But, <laughs> no business. But until next time, Alex. Uh, uh, save it for the podcast. <laughs>